This is exactly right. This might be my okay. <laughs> favorite. <laughs> well, I'm already laughing. Ever. I'm already laughing. I don't know if I can be able to say it without laughing. Uh, <clears throat> a man covered his face with tattoos and turned his eyes black. He says it cost him his kindergarten teaching job. <laughs> yeah, I bet it did. All right, let's get into some bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Bananas, the strange news podcast hosted by Scotty Landis. And Kurt Brown-Oler. Kurt, that is a great story. Today, it's just Kurt and I doing our thing. It's just two buds talking like we did back in the day when you could go into bars safely. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. How's you doing? How's your week so far? Good? My week is great. I've been on a road trip. I've seen Mount Rushmore for the first time. I saw the Badlands. I saw the Tetons. I saw a grizzly bear. I saw moose. I'm feeling uh, very positive about the natural aspects of America, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I, uh, I, I want to get right into this story, Scott. Yeah, oh, there's one me... thing I want to do. Do want to tell people about? Okay, is that uh, we, uh, Scotty and I. Are going to be mm-hmm. releasing sixteen yes. minisodes on Stitcher Premium, uh, starting mm-hmm. October eighth, and mm-hmm. we're going to release three right off the bat. So there'll be three minisodes uh, on Stitcher Premium, and uh, you know they're minisodes. They're your stories. It's just me and yep. Scotty chatting about them. Uh, they're fun. They're little yeah. nuggets of pure joy. Yeah, Uh, keep the great stories coming, too. You guys send us your hometown stories. We want real stories from your life that we can talk about, compare them to our stories, and break them down. So keep them coming. Email us, uh, thebananaspodcast at gmail. You can DM us. You can call me on the bananas phone, and if you can squeeze it in a minute, I'll do my best. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, And so you can actually get a free month of Stitcher Premium uh, by going to stitcherpremium.com and using promo code BANANAS. So guys, go to stitcherpremium.com and sign up for a free month with the promo code BANANAS. Enjoy our minisodes, enjoy our regular episodes without yep. any ads, and everything Stitcher has, uh, which is everything on Exactly Right. Bam. All right, you, you ready for this guy? This Hell guy. yeah. And this is uh, sent in by Jonathan Daughtry from Thanks, Instagram. Thanks, John. Thank you, Jonathan. Man covered his face with tattoos and turned his eyes black. He says it cost him his kindergarten teaching job. <laughs> there is a photo of this man. Okay. This man is fucking terrifying. Okay. He, he literally tattooed his eyeballs so that the he had his, the whites of his eyes are surgically turned black. Like okay. he, he looks so like a demon. Like I'm I've got, him up. honestly like I can understand being upset if you tattooed your face. I mean, maybe. I can maybe understand tattooing your whole face and then losing your, t- your kindergarten teaching job and being like, that's yes. unfair. Yes. But the black eyes. Like, if my daughter saw this man, she would have nightmares for a fucking year. Yeah. And I love it. So there's this picture of this essentially <laughs> demon man. And then the, 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 the quote underneath it is, Helene says he loves being a primary school teacher. <laughs> Well, I bet he does. Oh, man. He's so, got a weird so, way of showing it. What's his name? Helene. He's French. Okay. Uh, this is Wait. on CNN, uh, mm-hmm. story by Reuters. Oh, yeah. Uh, here it is. A school teacher whose body, face, and tongue are covered in tattoos <laughs> and who has had the whites of his eyes surgically turned black said he was prevented from teaching at a French kindergarten after a parent complained he scared their child. But the teacher, Sylvain Helene, 35, still mm. teaches children from the ages of six <laughs> and up. Man, France is, France is a fucking wild country. France yeah, is they're wild. Cool. They're we just like, them. okay, five-year-olds can't handle this, but if you're six, you can have the demon face teacher <laughs> with his tongue tattooed, too. Oh, man. 
He says that after an initial shock when they see him for the first time, his pupils see past his appearance. Right. Which I get like, what is the point of tattooing your eyeballs, tongue, and face if you want people to see past your appearance? Like, you're putting your appearance really in people's face. Yeah. Okay. Use him like a blackboard. That's what I say. Like, give the kids some chalk. See what they come up with. Like, let him uh, write on his face, on his tongue, on his eyes. If he was tattooed with just like the alphabet and like one yes. through ten, so that mm-hmm. his, <laughs> so that he yeah. was he was a tool for teaching, I would yes. I would change it. You know, I would yes. change my opinion about this. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, here's a quote. All of my students and their parents were always cool with me because basically they knew me. Said Helene, who estimated he has spent around four hundred and sixty hours under the tattooist's needle. Damn, wow. how many hours has he spent teaching? I yeah, don't know, it's four hundred sixty hours. Dear it's God. only when people see me from far away that they can assume the worst. Uh, what, that said, they died five minutes ago and Archangel's coming to drag you to the... That is... Oh, this picture, it, he looks like Nightcrawler and the X-Men stuff, if anybody's ever seen that. Look this guy up. It, he looks dark. Oh, yeah. We We support making any choices you want to make to your own body, but this is a scary-looking guy. It, he's he's fucking I love terrifying. I love him too. He's I think he's banana of the week. Yeah, like just I love that idea. It is. I feel like, and maybe I'm being. I don't. I don't think this is xenophobic of saying like it's a specific type of French confidence that uh-huh. he would be like. I'm going to turn my eyes black, and of course I will still teach kindergarten. Of yes. course I will. I cannot. I am offended. <laughs> is he hurt or angry? Does the article make him seem like he's just he's bummed, bummed out? Or... He's bummed okay. out that he can only teach six 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 year old kids and up. He, yeah, because he used to teach five year olds. That's it's so crazy to me. I like when people have to get to have to get to know somebody and then end up liking them that they don't think they would like. I was in high school, Baltimore County, um, suddenly introduced astronomy as like a general education credit and I didn't care so I took it I was like this will be funny and it was so easy it was like the most basic space stuff but then they were like hey we're gonna take 15 kids from your high school uh, since it's like a new program to Hawaii to go to Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea to go to the atmospheric and astronomic observatory do you want to go and we all had to sell grapefruits we had to do a big fundraiser (laughs) where we like sold boxes Yeah, it was like a weird citrus fundraiser, and so you'd send. (laughs) And so I have. It just doesn't uh, seem like there's a ton of profit on grapefruit sales. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Shipping alone. And so you had to sell them by the box. I have a huge family and billions of aunts and uncles. So I sold a lot of grapefruits, and I went. And I'd never been, I'd only been on a plane once before. I was 17. And so we were flying to Hawaii, which I think it was like a 14 hour flight from Maryland. And my buddy Mike, Mike Milley, used to have like green hair, like really shock, uh, like neon green hair. It kind of looked like the Joker in a way, like mm-hmm. ear gauges, tons of jewelry, big black baggy jeans, whatever that style was in the late 90s, early 2000s, the, the Gadzook style. <laughs> Anyways, this we were flying coach, I'm sure, and he got a window seat, and then this like 85-year-old woman comes on and sits next to him, but she froze as soon as she saw Mike. She just stood there in the aisle and looked at him, and I heard her go, okay, and then, <laughs> and then 14 hours later, she is holding his forearm. They're laughing. She's leaning her head into him. She absolutely fell for him. He like flipped her whole biases against him. It was a beautiful thing to watch. And then we just partied in Hawaii for a week and a half. Oh, I love that. I do love it's a turnaround. Sweet. I love yeah. a turnaround. Um, right. I remember I had in second grade... My, I had a teacher, Catholic school, St. Catharines, New Jersey, uh, called Mrs. High Horse. That was her okay. legit name. <laughs> she had, Get I, off. I don't know. If, I don't know if she was Native American or if she had married a Native guy. Oh, that's um, cooler. But her last name was Mrs. High Horse. Yeah. And Mrs. High Horse hated my fucking guts to the point where, like, I was, I, wow. I was like hyperactive. I probably would have been diagnosed with ADD if it was like a little later on, but that wasn't a thing yet. Right. And I would, I took Irish step dancing, and this is what yep. drove her crazy the most because I took Irish step dancing when I was a kid against my will. I didn't give a shit about it, but I would, 
I would like practice <laughs> during class in my chair. So you got I would to. just turn to the side and start Irish step dancing. And Normal is, thing for a kid to do. <laughs> no, it's actually first grade. It's not second grade. It's first grade. So again, six years old. Uh, so I'm Irish step dancing. I'm, I'm super. And my mom always just t- t- told her, like, just let him run around the school once. He'll be fine. Yeah, um, get it out. But she literally, and this is totally illegal nowadays. I guess you can still do it in Catholic schools. You can do whatever the fuck you want to kids in Catholic school. Boo. But she separated me from the class and nice. put my, uh, my desk facing the wall in a corner so that I was oh. away from everyone, couldn't yeah. see the board. The blackboard was yeah. behind me, and I wasn't allowed to turn around because I would start to dance. And then yeah. that's how I went through first grade. I didn't learn anything. I wasn't no. taught. I was just in a corner for the entirety <laughs> of first grade. Dancing. Just, Your calves oh, looked great, though. My calves looked great. I could Defined. Irish step dance amazingly. That's so funny. Yeah, we had a teacher, a chemistry teacher, Mr. Coziana. Everybody called him Cozy Banana, you know, foreshadowing oh, yeah. for this very comfortable podcast. Nah. And uh, he had a desk in the far back near the eyewash station and eyewash shower or our body shower if you got yeah. chemicals all over yourself. And it was called Siberia. And once, st- whenever student was pissing him off, would get sent to Siberia, and so I got sent just for cracking jokes or whatever. And I liked it so much back there. For in tenth grade, I just sat in Siberia for the entire school year, like <laughs> so far away too, like huge nineteen seventies classroom. Like I was like twenty feet from the next closest row, and I just chilled, man. It was great. Oh yeah, as an older kid, it would be fantastic. You can kind of do whatever you want. Hell yeah, you want a story, Curdy B? Mm-hmm. Okay, pregnant wife dives into save snorkeler husband from shark attack in the Florida Keys. Whoa. Whoa, a pregnant wife dives in to save her snorkeler husband. That's the key word that makes me be like, if if my obituary... <laughs> I love snorkeling, by the way. I love think it's it. so fun. But if it was like a uh, local snorkeler <laughs> dead, I would be like, oh, God, that's how I'm remembered? <laughs> Anyways... This was sent in by May B seventeen forty three on Instagram. Thank you, May. And this was written from twofab.com by the twofab.com staff, which is there's no finer staff on the web. <laughs> <laughs> twofab.com staff. God, they're good. All all Ivy Leaguers. Okay. The woman quote saw a shark's dorsal fin and then blood filling the water and immediately dove in. Whoa. A snorkeler was attacked by a shark in Florida and was rescued by his pregnant wife. Andrew Eddy, 30, had just dived off the back of a boat in the Florida Keys at 10.30 a.m. This was a hungry morning shark, uh, Sunday morning, when he was suddenly attacked. His, uh, his family says a large shark, most likely a bull shark, slammed into him and tore into his shoulder. Without a second thought, his wife, Margot Dukes Eddy, dived into the water and to his aid. Quote, Dukes saw the shark's dorsal fin and the blood filling with water. Dukes, without hesitation, dove into the water and pulled Eddie to safety on the boat. After wow. everybody getting... I know, this woman is amazing. And She's amazing. there's a photo of her on the, um, on the... I'm sure we'll put it on Instagram. This is not... This woman is no linebacker. She is a uh, relatively, I would say, a petite woman. And she went in there and pulled her man out. Um... He was taken. He lived. Our boy lived. And uh, the victim was flown to an ambulance uh, and then to a hospital. The couple had taken a 20-foot motorboat out to the Keys along with the parent's sister, sister's boyfriend, and everybody but the wife, Eddie's wife. I don't know. what We should give her, her her due. We don't need to call her Eddie's wife. We can actually call Margo Margo. Margo and uh, Margo's mother-in-law were the only two people not in the water. So everybody else was already in the water swimming around. He jumps in. Bam. Other boaters told deputies that they had spotted a nine-foot bull shark oh that day God. in the area. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Bull shark. So he lived. No joke. She saved him. Uh, I don't know how pregnant she was. It wasn't, unfortunately. Do we have good... any quote from her? We don't. Oh. We don't have. Not. I mean, these Two guys. Fab.com staff failed us. What are you doing? Yeah, get the quote. Um, but yeah. we want to know what this woman was thinking when she jumped in. She <laughs> pulled him amazing. out. Yeah, isn't that, that so woman. cool? She's gonna have a great. She's gonna have a great birth. There's nothing. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fine. She's gonna just do it, just walking around. She's just gonna. 
She's just going to take a wooden spoon and bite on it, and then that baby's coming out. She's going to cut the umbilical cord with her teeth. She's out of there. I, we love yeah. Margot. Margot Eddie rocks. <laughs> I'm scared of sharks. You're a surfer. I don't know how you do it. I honestly, it's the only thing that keeps me because I think I would love it. I, yeah, I mean, like, here's the deal. I mean, like, shark, you know, sharks are just like, it's like being worried about getting struck by lightning. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. so rare. Yeah, um, that's true. I've only once, I've never gotten out of the water because I was, like, worried about sharks except for once. And this was right in Australia. I, uh, oh, boy. I did a road trip with my brother. My brother's a, a state, he works for the State Department. He's a diplomat. So he was, get, yeah. he, was, he was stationed in Sydney. I came to visit him. We rented a camper van and did a three-day trip up to Byron Bay. And, uh, and we, so we went to bed, we're like on around the corner from Byron Bay because mm-hmm. Byron Bay was mm-hmm. all blown out. Sounds and, cool. Uh, and so we woke, I woke up at like 6am mm-hmm. and I just walked through like the bush to get to this beach that's like on the other side of Byron Bay. Amazing. And it's just an empty, it is like you have Amazing. to go through the woods which, and you know, through the woods and then you come to this beach and it's probably 10 miles long. Yes. Completely empty. No one is there, Coolest. and like, and I'm still far, like a far walk from like where the parking lot is, where my brother's still sleeping. Dear so God. I go out, and I'm surfing, and it's real windy. It's onshore slop. It's just wait, like you know, little white caps breaking all over the place. There was nothing even to surf, but I was just like, yeah. so like, I'm in Australia. Yeah, you're doing I've it because you're there. Three days to fucking surf, you know. I love that. That feeling is so funny when you're just forced something, and you're like, why are we doing this? It's yeah. it's snowing. I don't care about this football team. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I've done that so often with surfing. <laughs> and and as I was surfing, I just got a feeling. Oh. Do you know what I mean? I got a vibe. Like there was like a lot peas. of water moving around that day, and mm-hmm. I just got like a real sharky vibe. And then out of nowhere, like three dolphins just like around me. So like two on cool. one side and one on the other just breached and just I literally screamed because I've been like feeling really yeah. like, oh, shark, shark. And then all of a sudden like, <laughs> like just porpoises jumping out. And I was like, yeah. ah! and yeah. then that was it. I was just like, that's it. I'm going it. in. I'm going in. They probably saved your ass. That happens sometimes. I got out, and I have this book. I have this book of like Australian surfing spots, and it mm-hmm. was. And I I read about the spot that I was at, and oh, this God. very famous Australian surfer oh, got God. killed by a shark at that exact place in like the nineties. And oh, so I boy. was like, and they're like, this is an extremely sharky spot. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I bet that scream was like, that wasn't your tough guy scream. That wasn't like, oh, you, no, you that were was probably a- <laughs> <laughs> just alone in Australia on a surfboard in the morning and just the call of the wild comes out of Kurt. I love that. <laughs> I was in Redondo, down in Redondo Beach. Uh, we didn't, we won't be, well, we already missed it. In September, down there, there used, there's a seafood place, and they do a lobster fest, and it's super fun. And my friend Melissa and Norris, they always go down, and we ride our bikes down to Redondo, and you get a big tray with a lobster and with potatoes and corn and the works. It's so good. You get beers. You sit outside. You get sloppy. So we were doing that, and we got hammered at this place called Old Tony's. It's the Sounds best bar on the pier so down there. fun. I want to do that again. I hope they all last. And so we're annihilated on these drinks called Fire Chiefs from Old Tony's. We we eat lobster. We're covered in like butter and chopped lobster. And we're all and so we're like, oh, the sun's setting. Let's go for a swim. So my friend Rusty and I were like literally just wrestling in the waves. Melissa and Norris are out floating way too far from shore, like just being sweet, having a romantic moment. Lifeguards the chairs are tipped over, they're done for the day. And I suddenly realized we're just covered essentially in lobster chum and butter. And I'm like, (laughs) let's get out. So we get out and we go back home. And I had a cousin that was crashing with me. And she was like, how was it? And I was like, oh, it was so fun. We just got done swimming. We're a little salty. We're all going to shower. She goes, where were you? We were like, Redondo. She goes, oh, they just saw four great whites there today. And on the local news story, (laughs) there were like four juvenile great whites. And we, you know, I can just imagine. that day. Yeah, and we're just floating around, flailing violently, <laughs> slapping each other with sand. Like, we were prime. Honestly, the sharks were probably like, I think I'll barf if I eat whatever these people are up to. <laughs> the butter probably helped keep them away. 
Yeah, I just was like a seal. I was just moving in and out of waves so slickly. It <laughs> was great. Dude. All right, let me get let me let me tease you one, and then we'll take a break. I love a good tease. Oh, and Bananimals, we have new kick-ass merch coming out for the holiday season. We have pint glasses. We have rocks glasses. Or we have tumblers. We have a pom-pom snow hat that says bananas on it that Kurt and I will both be wearing all winter. We oh, encourage yeah. you to wear it when you go socially distant snowboarding or sledding or tobogganing. All right, here it is. Hit me. Quote, I noticed an odd lump. Brooklyn man finds escaped prisoner hiding behind his loom. (laughs) Oh, bananas. Guys, we're back. Just God, me and Scotty today. I love it. I love it so much. Listen, this if you're if you're listening to this, thank you so much. And get get on get on Instagram. Come say hi to us at uh, the yeah. Bananas Podcast on Instagram, or you can email your stories of strange news and personal and from the news uh, at the Bananas Podcast at gmail dot com. Oh yes. We got so much fun stuff coming up. I'm very excited that you guys are here. Me too. Um, and do us a favor. If you like the show, tell us, tell somebody about it. That's yeah. That's the thing. Tell, just Word tell of mouth rocks. So here it is. This, is, this was sent in by Instagram <laughs> user at Katie Barsati. Love you, Katie. <clears throat> I noticed an odd lump. Brooklyn man finds escaped <laughs> prisoner hiding behind his loom. <laughs> an odd six some... foot two lump behind my wool. <laughs> So this is from Gothamist. I didn't even know Gothamist still existed. Good for um, you, Gothamist. By Jake Offenharts. Oh, Jakey. Very nice. Good. Jake, go. Jake goes where other people... Jake goes behind the loom of society to find the best stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy has the perfect loom person name. Terry Pearson was sitting in his <laughs> Sunset Park home... Watching TV and drinking scotch on Wednesday night when he noticed an odd lump beneath his loom. No. So I grabbed my flashlight and moved the sheet, and there's this face looking back at me, recalled the 62-year-old, who weaves in his spare time. The oh lump was Johnny Soto, a 19-year-old oh who'd managed to escape federal custody on Wednesday afternoon, sending NYPD officers, FBI agents, and neighbors on an hours-long manhunt through the wow. backyards of Sunset Park's 26th Street near 3rd Avenue. I fucking lived on 25th Street between yes, 4th did. and 5th. This was a block away from where I used to live. Whoa! Soto was on his way to Metropolitan Detention Center, which is mm-hmm. right over there. For a mm-hmm. weapons charge when he somehow broke free from the moving vehicle at around 4 p.m. First off, wow. Johnny Soto, nice fucking work. Like, that's Pretty amazing. cool. You yeah. Were, you were being transported. You broke free from, like, an, uh, like a like a cop car or something? This yeah, that's impossible. like the beginning of The Rock. Or, yeah, that's like a movie. That's so right? cool. He must be very powerful. As, and as cops and FBI agents spent the afternoon uh, scouring the neighborhood. Soto was apparently hiding just a few feet away from Pearson. This is so creepy. <laughs> He's been sitting beyond my living room chair where I've been sitting for the last three hours under a dust-covered sheet of a piece of furniture. I bet you this guy was like, I'll just hide here for a second. There's no way that this yes. weird man is going to sit in his chair for three fucking hours. And uh. But it's like, you chose the wrong... You chose the guy who weaves, man. He's got patience. <laughs> uh, Pearson, who works as a bookkeeper, said in a videotape interview, and you guys got to look at this guy. Like, go, we'll put the video up of him being interviewed uh, on our Instagram. He looks, he looks great. He looks like a guy who has a loom. He does. He's got a curl. He's uh, like white hair, long white hair. Love that. Uh, thin man with a big, uh, not even a curly Q mustache. It's like a like a Yosemite Sam mustache, <laughs> like That's really cool. low down. Uh, and he's so chill um, about the fact that there was. Well, they actually asked, him, "Like, are you like, how are you feeling?" And he just like holds yeah. up his his scotch. He's like, two fingers of the good stuff." That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> wow, 
New Yorkers so, are so weird like that. They will do that. Like that when you live in New York long enough, like by year four in New York, you do just get used to seeing so much crazy shit yes. that you don't care. Like I had a guy break into my Brooklyn apartment. I might have talked to him on the pod once. I yeah. didn't I yelled at him and but I I went right back to my day soon after. And I remember I was waiting tables at this place called Two Boots. It's it's not the regular pizza place. It was in Park Slope and it had a full bar, full it was so fun. And all the drinkers there were retired cops or gangsters that had gotten out of jail. These were guys in their 60s and 70s. And literally, shoulder to shoulder, retired cop, former gangster, retired cop, former... It was so... And they had the best stories on earth. So I was working a day shift. And I think my friend Vanessa was bartending. And this bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, skinny white kid looked Midwestern, like... Just happy as shit. Park Slope was so safe by then that it was just like, I live in New York. And you're like, yeah, it's kind of like an Epcot. Park Slope should be an Epcot at this point. (laughs) And he had like a backpack on. And he's just like, yeah, I'm looking at apartments all day. And uh, Vanessa was like, do you want a beer? He's like, sure. What do you have? And I'm like, get ready, kid. This town's going to eat you up. (laughs) So the only other person sitting at the bar is a former gangster named Tommy Black. And he's like 60s, big Heavy set guy, like straight out of Sopranos casting. And his drink was half a uh, Philippine glass with ice and then half Coke, half red wine. And that's what oh. he drank. He said his mom gave it to a him Cal- when he was kids. Cali Mocho. Yeah, some people called him Mussolini too, I think. I might be wrong about that, but I think some people call that. Anyways, he said when he was a kid, his Italian mom in like Sheepshead Bay would make them drink red wine to put them to sleep when the adults were talking, which I always thought was good. <laughs> so Tommy's just sitting there with his like fifth pint glass of Coke and wine, and this kid is just like vibrating it's with you know such a hangover. It's such I've drank oh that my before. God. And the, I actually oh, it's actually pretty good, I would have to say, but go ahead. I, I know people that have gotten the gout for drinking beer too much and some rogue comics, and then I see them drinking red wine, but they just can't handle it on their own, so they drink that drink, and I'm like, just stop drinking for a year. Um <laughs> anyways. So this this white reed thin uh just kid that's happy as happiest day as a kid on Christmas in Park Slope. Yeah. Me, a bartender, and Tommy Black. And he's like, yeah, there's a great one on 7th Avenue, and there's another great one on 5th Avenue and 9th Street. Is that good? We're like, it's very good. That's a very good location. You're near this and this. And then Tommy Black goes, I've been here for 40 years. I've been shot, stabbed, blown up. (laughs) And I started laughing when he said blown up. I said, you've been blown up? He goes, yeah, I was hiding up in a guy's ceiling. I got caught when I was trying to rob, and they knew I was in there, so they just lit the whole place on fire. I fell through the ceiling and ran out of there. That's when they arrested me. And this little kid's face, this 21-year-old innocent baby, his face just drops. And we were like, no, it's fine, man. You're going to be fine. He's like, ah, that was a long time ago, kid. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. (laughs) But I'll never forget. His brother's still in jail. But yeah, just saying shot and stabbed is enough to freak. But then he got blown up. (laughs) Oh, man. That was like right across it. Do you remember right right there was also, I think it's called Jackie's Fifth Amendment? Best bar. Best bar. That was just like a weird cop bar. Yeah, last of the great dives in Park Slope. Jackie's Fifth Amendment is a great name for a bar. They had pony bottles of High Life. They, if you looked at all, not well. You and I almost got kicked out of Ferrell's one night because Ferrell's, and man. after we shot, remember that guy goes, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, and we yeah. were this like, was, "So, in case anybody knows, so this was I lived in Windsor in Windsor Terrace. Windsor mm-hmm. Terrace is that what it's called? Yeah, Me Windsor too, Terrace yeah. for ten years." And the, at the time, there's a there's a there's another bar now, which is very nice. But at the time, the only bar in Windsor Terrace was Farrell's, yes. and it was like an institution, and it was just and at like oh. I, I, every St. Patrick's Day, you were you could uh, weird weirdly not even just on St. Patrick's Day, no year round reason, year round you could get a like a 32-ounce styrofoam cup filled with beer and then just walk out the door. It was only Budweiser, and it was ice cold, no stools at the bar. They had zero stools. stools. You had to stand stand at the bar. And they did this one thing. I bet it's still there, but the one other thing they had was... During the day, so many like blue collar and working class people would roll through. Almost all men. I don't even know why I say people. At Farrell's, yeah, it was all just dudes. Only men. Yeah, I don't think they like an electrician, out. an HVAC guy, a plumber. They had a wine glass of Budweiser for a dollar that these guys would pull up, not even turn their truck off, come in, 
put $2 on the bar, get a wine glass of Budweiser, drink it in one gulp, and then walk out the door. So crazy. It's Old crazy school place. weird shit. So we went in there. We had shot. We just finished shooting Penelope, Princess of Pets. Yes, we did. Um, which is, you guys should go watch it. It's on YouTube. We made it in 2005. Uh, oh my it's God. about a girl who can talk to animals and has to save the world by killing a senator. Uh, yes. Played by Kristen Shaw and her... Yes. Uh, and her orphan friend Kyle, that was me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and her foul-mouthed bird Ruby, and so we finished shooting. I yes, guess sir. Kristen and I probably were still in costume. No, so we look. No, we no. Like, changed you were in we a were snow coat. Yeah. yeah, and I was in full work gear. I was in Carhartts and everything because I was doing all the production jobs. So yes. we looked working class ish, I would say. Yeah, but we had a woman with us. <laughs> Big mistake. This fucking Farrell is so crazy. We walk in, we get they they serve us. Um, but no, the bartender said something to us, right? No, he defended it guy. us. It was a guy. This huge guy comes over. He goes, "What are you doing here?" And we were like, "Just having a beer, man." And he's like, "No, why are you here?" And you go. Uh, I live in this neighborhood. He goes, how long? You go, I've lived here for 10 years. I was like, I've lived here for seven years. He goes, why are you here? And we were like, and then the bartender goes, Tommy, leave him alone. And then he went back over to the bar and kept drinking. And then I accidentally took someone's bag. Do you remember that? No, no. We had production equipment with us. We had cameras and lights and sound stuff. And when we were leaving, this scared, wild-eyed guy, squirrely, different dude, goes you took my bag and you looked at me and i go is this your duffel bag and you're like no and i go oh i'm sorry man it was just mixed i can't believe you don't remember this because we he looked like (laughs) a a drunk nervous breakdown if a wizard could turn a drunk nervous breakdown into a drunk it was this guy and i handed it to him and he was like he thought he was gonna have to fight us both he was ready to brawl but then we were like oh we're so sorry sir here's your and he just like trembled and walked back in Uh, the first woman to ever drink there was Shirley MacLaine. The first woman ever allowed to drink at, uh, at Farrell's was Shirley MacLaine. That's a true story. Holy shit. I had no idea. Yeah, that's a real weird. I, I'm assuming it still exists, but it's a strange place. Also, never went back. After that, yeah, I, don't think I, I never either. went back. I was like, I'm not into this vibe. I don't what, like what? Why are yeah. you here? This is a fucking bar, you weirdo. Yeah, weirdly, and I've noticed this other places. In New York and Los Angeles, a lot of people hate those cities for a variety of reasons. But one thing I will say is I've never felt like I was going to get into any type of fight or bar fight or anything in either of those cities. Unless New York, you're at like a bridge and tunnel type of uh, bar or club. Mm-hmm. Then it's just it's not New Yorkers or, or whoever. And in L.A., I've really – I guess if you were on like the Strip or some place – but. And then you go other places and you walk in and you're like, oh, there's a tension here. People are drinking because they don't feel emotions five days a week. And on the sixth day, they boil over and men and women want to start throwing hands. You know what? I have yes. I have a beverage story. You want to hear Good. a beverage story? I do. I do. Pardon me if I laugh my way through this one because right. sometimes they tickle me just right. This was sent in from Cat uh, Theo. Thank you, Cat, on Instagram. Here's the headline. Caffeine hit. Man who had five coffees goes berserk at cinema in Hastings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The details I like when, of... I like when berserk is used in an official headline. <laughs> this is from the New Zealand Herald. Uh, there was no writer, so we'll just thank all of New Zealand for this. Here we go. I will try to get through this. A man has claimed an adverse reaction to coffee forced him to throw up in a Hastings movie theater, headbutt a staff member, and resist police arrest. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce Royal, great name, Bruce Royal, 43, pleaded guilty to Hastings District Court on Tuesday of charges of common assault and resisting police. Here's the details. Oh, God. Royal, not usually a coffee drinker. (laughs) You know when you're going to go to the cinema and you just want to drink five cups of coffee? Five cups of coffee before (laughs) you sit down for two hours? 43 years old. 
fuck, good decision. Entered the focal point cinema after he said he'd finish five cups of black coffee in a short period of time. He threw up in the foyer or the foyer, helping staff to clean it up with a mop and bucket. Um, <laughs> if it gets better. Royal then walked towards the counter, pushing out, <laughs> pushing out staff members. Excuse me. Before uh, making his way behind it and stealing four bottles of water valued at $4 each out of the fridge. <laughs> he then once again pushed staff members out of the way, ending back up on the public side of the counter. Then his apparent caffeine fuel behavior escalated. <laughs> what is this guy doing? Oh, God. Uh, Royal began to drink from the bottles before squirting members of the public with water. <laughs> this is what not... Is- this is not coffee behavior. I don't think that anyone can argue that this is because he drank coffee. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I, what, they don't say what movie it's watching, which pisses me off. The manager of Focal Point Cinemas then approached Royal, who became aggressive, stepped forward, and headbutted him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I got to find the surveillance footage of this. <clears throat> Okay, so Royal was approached. Oh, the manager suffered a sore nose and lip. I bet he did. And then the police were called to the scene. Royal was then approached by the police and was informed he was under arrest, but he pushed the officers away and ran. He was then confronted by another officer and ran again, but tripped over <clears throat> tripped over a carpet as he was headed towards the exit. <laughs> no, mean, no. This guy, this guy is living a Looney Tunes, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen movie. Because of five cups of coffee. Um, it's like, God damn, this is so good to me. Uh, the uh, police constable and several other police officers tried to handcuff him on the ground, but he refused to place his arms behind his back and wrestled with them. He was instructed and warned to stop. Uh, but finally, it took three officers to handcuff him. Defense counsel Matthew Dixon told Royal... <laughs> told the judge that Royal had completed an anger management class and said the cinema staff were understanding in regards to the incident. He was ordered to pay $300 for emotional reparation fine. Um, $300 for an emotional... I know. I feel like I'm $300 emotionally damaged. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And and at the time of the arrest, Royal told uh, the judge, quote, he was stressed out but was sorry for his actions. He has not previously (laughs) appeared before the court. I mean, come on. I feel like one of those cups of coffee was just a cup of meth. That sounds no like meth behavior. That does not, or whatever they call it in New Zealand, like ice or whatever. Yeah. Uh, chippy funnies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that so insane? Uh, also, like, if you don't drink coffee and then you're going to go to a movie, you don't go. <laughs> and maybe you're like, I'm a little tired. I don't know if I'm going to stay awake for. This movie, have one cup of coffee, <laughs> have two, five turned this man into the Incredible Hulk. And it's so funny. You can just imagine him, everybody being like, wait, what is happening? And just jittery. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> I so mean, it much. sounds like, do you remember like in the 80s, just from uh, from television and film, PCP, that's what PCP was. And I don't even know what PCP is. Do you know what Me I mean? Me neither. Like, yeah. I have no idea. I've never heard of anyone having it or seen yeah, it anywhere. Yeah. Like, with a dr- large history of doing drugs, I've never come across PCP. And maybe it's just meth. Maybe it's like a... a, a but I remember, it, like, in the Terminator, uh, like, you know, Terminator, like, punches his fist through the... Uh, through the like front glass, the windshield of a car, uh-huh. and then she yeah. goes to the cops and she's like, "He's a robot. Like he punched through." And he's like, "When somebody's on PCP, they'll be able to punch right through that. They won't. They'll break every yeah. bone in their hand, and they won't feel a thing." And I always would always think about that. Yeah, this is coffee is his PCP. <laughs> Makes you want to do PCP. Yeah, it was always. You know, and you'll does. agree with me on this. This is what they always said about PCP. He got up on a building and thought he could fly and jumped off and died. They yeah. always talked about people in PCP jumping off of buildings because they thought they were Superman or something. And I'm like, did th- I think that happened in Lethal Weapon 2 or something. I don't think that ever really happened in the Happened real in real life. It does sound like the craziest drug ever. And you always would get the same thing um, 
you would get the same thing where someone was like, yeah, man, somebody sold me this joint, but it was laced with PCP. <laughs> and I went crazy. I was like, how yeah, the fuck? Angel Why dust. are people doing that? Why? What drug dealers like? You know what I would like to do is have an additional cost to add an extra drug to this that's going to yeah. make somebody freak out and maybe die because that's I just like doing that as a drug dealer. It's fun. Do you know what I mean? I understand like, business. One less guy to sell to, a more expensive <laughs> drug. I understand supply and demand. <laughs> it's so crazy. I think this, and also dare officers. I, I'm still obsessed with dare officers because I, I read this study that um, people who had dare in middle school, and for our international listeners, we love our international but animals. Dare was a dumb Reagan. Uh, President Reagan tried to go to the war on drugs. They sent cops into middle schools and probably fourth and fifth grade too to teach kids not to use drugs. By teaching the them effect. all of the drugs. Yes. <laughs> and they proved, like, over the, all these studies that dare that dare, the kids that had dare officers in their school were, like, 29% more likely to u- hallucinate in their life, use hallucinogens. And basically, it introduced kids that hadn't even heard of these possibilities to being like, well, that sounds kind of fun, really. I can sit inside, and then I can just see visuals for six hours. <laughs> and we had this guy, and our dare officer was like... He looked like he rolled right out of a brown paper bag, like bloodshot eyes, smelled like <laughs> cigarettes, you know, like chewing like Nicorette before that was even a thing. And this kid, this must have been fifth grade, was kind of a smart ass. And there's always this thing in like fifth and sixth grade where you're like, you start to emerge into where your social standing is going to be. And this kid was mm-hmm. sort of on the tier of being like, is he going to be a cool, popular kid or is he going to be a not cool, popular kid? And he's like, and our dare officer goes, Anything can be addictive, and I mean anything. And this smart-ass kid, I think his name was Lou, goes, oh, yeah? What about chapstick? And everybody laughs. And he held up a tube of chapstick. And the dare officer, like, got so heated. He goes, chapstick? Yeah. If you use chapstick, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get severely dehydrated. That can do all things to your body. I, the first thing would be constipation, severe constipation. So be careful how much of that chapstick you use. And everybody just turned this kid and was like, what is constipation? Then we all looked it up, you know, in the library. And then we're like, this kid doesn't shit. <laughs> like, just his social standing plummeted so hard because he oh, had the no. test. Oh, no, he tried to make a good joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah? What about chapstick, dare officer Clark? Oh, you're not going <laughs> to shit for the rest of your life. Oh, man. The dare worst. officers. What a, a failed thing. They still have dare, and it's, I don't know what it's about. But yeah. All right, Scotty, this one. Uh-oh. It's Baltimore one. Ooh, you baby. Ready? Yes, sir. This is, this is just police blotter. This is our first police blotter, I think. Mm-hmm. On September 4th, 2020, at approximately 1.15 a.m., officers observed an equipment violation on a vehicle and initiated a traffic stop in the area of 1695 West near the Baltimore-Washington Parkway. Officers approached the vehicle. They observed uh, marijuana and a grinder in plain view within the vehicle. It was determined that the female passenger of the vehicle had a warrant through Baltimore City. Baltimore City responded, took custody of the female suspect. Once at Baltimore Central Booking, officers located the following items. In the oh suspect's boy. vagina. Okay. 30, 34, 34 containers of crack cocaine. That's a lot. 15 folds of suspected heroin fentanyl. Oh, my God. Seven capsules of heroin fentanyl. Great. 11 pills of MDMA. <laughs> Six pills that were not controlled. <laughs> Oh, just for fun. <laughs> and 18 pills of an unknown substance. Holy Toledo. They, both the driver and pastor, were arrested, and her name, Saucy Regina Williams. Oh, Saucy. <laughs> that is, Ugh. I love I, the fact that there were, she had, first off, this is an amazing vagina. Amazing. Like, we know vaginas that they can give birth to babies, so we know they're incredible. capable of incredible feats of strength. But this yes, is amazing. Yes, we love 34 them. Absolutely. plus 15 plus 7 plus 11 plus 16 plus 18. That's an enormous... I can't even do that math. I, do numbers go up that high? I don't, I don't know. know. Yes. But the fact that six of the pills were not controlled 
is my favorite part. That would just oh like just pop God. those up there as well. Saucy is lucky she didn't like slip on the way to the car into a split and Jen pop those pills. Oh she would have had a uh, she would have had a week to remember in oh Baltimore. It would have been so many different experiences. It would have been like first the crack hits, then the heroin hits, then the MDMA hits, yeah. then the six pills that maybe were just vitamin B. <laughs> My buddy, who will rename, uh, remain nameless for this, uh, was given a bunch of uh, Molly uh, just at like at some event or something, and he was like, "Oh, cool, thanks," and didn't take it and put it in his luggage. And six years later, realized that he had never taken out his luggage, and he had flown oh, around the world many, many times. All his traveling, he had never he just forgot it was in this side pouch. So he basically been flying with drugs for isn't and never got stopped, never got just got I'm- away with it. I have done that multiple times because I used to always just have a when weed was still le- illegal a one hitter in my bag at all times because it was sure. like you never know. I wish I could still smoke weed, um, but you never know when you're just going to need a little you know some weed to have. And uh, and I would accidentally fly with it all the time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you just forget about that kind of stuff. It, it happens. It happens. God damn it, Baltimore. I love you. Uh, I Scotty, give us our last story. I'm going to, we're ending on a high note. I found this one yeah. on my own doing a little noodling. I, I might have been on Reddit. I can't remember. Uh, this is by Alexander Kakala at NBCPhiladelphia.com. Alexander Kakala, God, one of the greats. 89-year-old pizza delivery man gets surprise $12,000 tip. What? 89 years old. This one, this one's a feel-gooder. For all of our bananas driving home from a long day at work, there's hope. Stick with us. Stay weird. Stay silly. Also, this guy's name is Durlin Newey. Durlin Newey works 30 hours a week to make <laughs> some extra about, money. I know. I know. Durlin, Durlin, Louie? What? Newey. Uh, N-E-W-E-Y. Durlin Newey. Give me Durlin. Good... How do you spell Durlin? D, like Merlin with a D. Yes! Maybe, that maybe. A... A... It's a name for the ages. That it really is. So Durlin Newey, it sounds like a Jim Carrey character from the 90s. Um Works 30 hours a week, bless you, works 30 hours a week to make some extra money because his monthly bills cost more than his social security covers. The act of kindness uh, can the act of kindness can be priceless. But for Derlin Newey, a pizza delivery driver from Roy, Utah, it was actually $12,069. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The 89-year-old delivery man for Papa John's Pizza... Um, took a 30-hour week gig to make some extra money, as I said. One of his customers, Carlos Valdez, thank you, Carlos, began recording Nui's deliveries uh, with his family at the front door and sharing them on social media platform TikTok. Derlin is known for saying, quote, Hello, are you guys looking for some pizza? When he delivers. Love and Nui's... I know. Hello. Are you looking for some pizza? I mean, what? 89? 89. If I see 80, I'm going to high-five myself until I die. Um, Newey soon became a fan favorite of Valdez's 53,000 TikTok followers. And it's insane. Everybody loves him, says Valdez, adding that many of his followers followers commented on the frustration that Newey still had to work, as do Kurt and I. Somebody at that age should not be working that much. So the Valdez family got an idea to crowdsource funds from their followers and help out Newey. Collectively, a TikTok community came together, and we were able to raise $12,000 for this amazing person, said Valdez. Carlos, you're a very good guy for doing this. How do I ever say thank you? Oh, so what they did is they ordered a pizza, and when he got there, they surprised him. And you can watch this on TikTok. Uh, they made a surprise special delivery uh, to Newey's door. So the Valdezes went to his house, and Durlin said, how do I ever thank you? I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say except thank you. It couldn't. And then Valdez says, <clears throat> I'm glad we could help him out. We just need to treat people with kindness, respect, which we do. And he stole our heart. Wow, I love that. Yeah. That's so great. Do you we remember? Do you remember when we did so we when Scotty and I were this is didn't even make it into the pilot. But we were shooting this pilot for Comedy Central. It's called Better Dumber Faster. And it's like how to oh, make yeah. 
how to make the world better in the dumbest way possible. Yes. Uh, and what we did was it was five hundred dollars. Only five. It was five hundred dollars. We tied five hundred dollars to a bunch of balloons. <laughs> yeah. And then I just it was five thousand. No, it was five hundred. It was just um, five hundred. Maybe it was a thousand. It might have been a thousand dollars. I here. Let me just interject for one minute. We took Kyle Kinane, who's a very funny comedian and a buddy of ours. We blindfolded him and put earmuffs on him so he couldn't hear. And we took him to a casino and we gave him five thousand dollars to play on one hand of blackjack legally. Like we actually yes. had real people do it. And he hit blackjack in five cards. Kurt thought that I produced it. Kurt was mad at me at first because he thought we faked it. It was real. So we got $10,000. We doubled the money. And then Kurt and Kyle handed out $100 bills to all the people going into the Hustler Casino in Los Angeles. I think it was five grand, Kurt. Uh, I think oh, we took five grand. I think we took five grand and tied it to a ton of balloons. Let it go. I'll let we you We let finish. it go. And it was... The amount of money that it was in there was we just didn't have enough balloons because in my mind yes. what I wanted to happen was I wanted all the balloons to like go up into the stratosphere and then just go and then like land in someone's backyard and then the person's yeah. like fuck now I got to get rid of these fucking balloons and yes. like goes over and then sees this big envelope with five thousand dollars in it. Yes, but instead it starts going up. Beautiful. It starts going up, and the wind Majestic. is taking it, and then it immediately gets <laughs> caught in the tree of yes. the place across the street. <laughs> yeah. You could easily throw a baseball that far. You were like, oh, we could have just handed it to so. So then we had to like go and uh, knock on the door of the house and be like, these balloons are here. There's something there for you. And it was a very, very nice family. Yes. And they were overwhelmed. And they were going to use the money to set for their daughter's quinceanera. And they're yes. like, they're like her, her birthday is next month, and we didn't, you know, didn't have enough money to do anything. And now yes. like, she's going to have this amazing quinceanera. And so it was like, it was very cool. Yeah, I think it was wind of, wind of God blew that. I mean, it went, <laughs> oh, it roared majestically 10 to 15 feet in the air and then just blew directly across the street. Into, honestly, the third closest house. Thank God somebody was home. No shit. That was the best. That was a good one. That was a good one. It never, never even made it into the pilot. But, no, um, sir. It's true. God, Scotty, we, we did it again. That was fantastic. Yeah, we did it again. Thanks, Karen and Georgia. Exactly right. Thank you, Katie uh, Levine, our great okay. producer. Thank you to our, our new intern, Lisa Majid. Um, yeah, guys, we're here. We're ready to do this some more. We'll see you next time. Bye, Kurt. Bye-bye, Scotty. Bye-bye. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. Bananas. <laughs>